Hello and welcome to Foresight. I'm Greg Williams. So in March this year, a JPEG file created by the digital artist Mike Winkleman, aka Beeple, sold at auction for over $69 million. And it was the third highest price paid for a living artist behind um, Jeff Koons and David Hockney. But the works by Koons and Hockney are respectively a statue and an acrylic on canvas. The piece by Beeple is a non-fungible token, a unique copy of a digital file whose ownership and authenticity are guaranteed by its registration on a blockchain. Yet the file itself, unlike a reproduction of a painting, is indistinguishable from any copy of it. And what that means is that NFTs challenge the very notion of what so-called authentic art is. And, and moving forward, we're going to see AI-generated artworks, which will similarly challenge our ideas about what creativity is. Um, do they, in fact, create new possibilities for both? So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Mike Winkleman, aka Beeple, and we're going to be exploring some of these questions and discuss what this new type of digital art means for the way that we understand art and its values. A quick note to say that this conversation was recorded in mid-November as part of Rewired, uh, a series of conversations between technologists and people who think hard about the consequences for those technologies on society, economics, sustainability and ultimately our future. A little bit more context, Mike joined the morning after selling a dynamically changing hybrid physical and digital piece at Christie's, uh, which had made headlines across the world the night before. Enjoy. Mike, welcome. Hey, hey. Hey. So there's Thank only one place to start. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Um, Mike, there's only one place to start, and that's clearly with the big news. Um, overnight, you sold a video sculpture called Human One, which comes with an NFT for close to $29 million. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about this piece? It's a hybrid of virtual and physical. Uh, I'd love to try and understand its genesis. And you've described it as the first portrait of a human born in the metaverse. What do you mean by that? So I think this work to me is very exciting because I think it taps into the true potential of digital art um, in a way that uh, sort of the other works that I've done in the past and the other works that, that people have done in the past have not in that it will continue to change and will continue to evolve. And while the piece was sold last night, the piece is not complete. I am going to keep changing the piece and keep updating uh, the artwork over the course of the rest of my life. And that is something that is very exciting to me and I think is much more analogous to how digital art, um, how people will appreciate art in the future. I think uh, looking at paintings and sculptures um, being these very static objects that are not changing. They're not like they're done. They're evolved. They were done, you know, in some cases, 50 years, a hundred years ago. Um, 
and they will never change. And I think digital art uh, by nature has the ability to be something uh, different than that. So that's super interesting because usually when people purchase a piece of art, they're purchasing what they can see, what they can experience right then. What you're saying yeah. is that they're buying into the idea of something being different, right? And something that is liable to change. So there's this whole idea of, in some ways, they're not entirely sure what they're buying. They are not. And that's the thing that I think is exciting about it. So they're, they're really kind of um, almost like a subscription to art. And, you know, obviously software as a subscription is a very um, prevalent idea that's sort of been, um, you know, popular with, with software packages and in the tech world. And I think this is kind of in some ways an extension of that in that they are sort of buying, um, you know, continual access to me updating this piece. And again, I, I really think that is much more how people will view art in the future as this dynamic thing that you, you know, you come down in the, the morning and the piece looks one way and you come home from work and the piece looks a different way. And it, it just continues to evolve and continues to um, surprise and challenge and just add beauty to your life. And that seems in some ways to really reflect the internet itself, right? This thing that's kind of perpetually sort of like changing and um, changing in you know, all kinds of ways. I know the perpetual elements, the in, 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 uh, internet, but, and it's persistent, but there is this kind of constant change. Did you have that kind of, I don't know, that, that, that kind of idea in, in your head when you were making this piece? Well, I think, um, I, I think this is something that I recognize as a possibility with NFTs and uh, with digital art right away. So the one of the very first pieces that I made, um, literally days after learning of, of NFTs, was a piece that changed based on the election. And it looked one way before the, the United States presidential election. And then it changed to a different state after the election based on who won. And so this, again, to your point, was a, a piece that the person didn't know exactly what they were buying. Um, and, and I think that's something that is exciting. And I think that's something you're going to see much, much more of moving forward. And, and do you know, do you have a sense now how you might change it in the future? Or will, will that be something that, you know, in the way that you've worked, you know, over many years, you've, you know, you've created these, these digital artworks every, you know, every single day for many years now, since I think 2007 it is. Um, yep. Is that going to be almost be kind of like part of your daily practice that you'll be thinking about, okay, what, what, what does human one mean today? I wouldn't say daily. Um, I'm not planning to update it that often, not on a daily basis, but I think um, that's what, it, what is exciting about it to me is that it will be more sort of like purposeful and more of almost like an event when it changes. Um, right. But I think you know, sort of, and I'm not going to lie and say I've got the next, you know, 30 years of this thing planned out. I've got the next couple of years, I would say, of it planned out and what I would like to do and some things that I think could be interesting to sort of express through this medium. But I think, you know, that's what's exciting to me about it is I don't have it planned out. And if you look at the piece, it's very much about, you know, this journey and, and exploring. Um, and that's what, you know, I am also along, uh, along, uh, this ride for. 
Sure, sure. And I think what's also interesting about it is this whole idea of obviously the established art world is present in the virtual world for some time. There's virtual galleries on various platforms. Sotheby's has built a, a custom NFT marketplace. But you're bringing digital art really now, you know, out from behind the screen. It's becoming, I know it is in, the, in a glass box what you've produced, but it, it feels, I guess it's a very different experience you're bringing digital art into the physical realm but you know how do you think about it and why did you decide to make that move from uh, you know screen-based uh, art into the physical world um to me i think it's just i think that is again analogous to um you know how we will view art in the future and i think there is a lot of um room to experiment and discover new ways to bring digital art into the physical world um in ways that sort of enhance the art and speak to that specific artwork um and i think that's that's what sort of human one tapped into is wanting to make something that feels very digital but also as a physical piece of artwork and i think the technology we have now allows some pretty crazy things. And I think you're going to see a bunch of people leverage that technology to build some crazy stuff that nobody's ever seen before. So like, like what people playing with haptics, more kind of experiential forms of digital art. Is that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're starting to see that with sort of team lab and super blue and, and sort of a bunch of, yeah. of you know, kind of forward thinking, um, galleries and art spaces. But I think you're really just going to continue to see that. And you're, I think you're going to be able to see it um, brought into people's homes more. Because, again, you can obviously always view digital art on a computer screen or on a uh, you know phone or whatever. But to me, I think it's interesting when it's in your house and it's just a part of your environment sort of um, kind of subtly affecting your life every day. Uh, in the way yeah. any other piece of artwork would, you don't sort of choose to see it. You don't choose, okay, am I going to look at this? It's just, it's in your environment and it's there and, um, you know, you are affected by it. And I think that is something that I would like to see with digital art as well. Because right now, you know, up until now, you've kind of had to choose to view it. You choose to go to Instagram. You choose to open up your phone and, and look at this stuff. And I think having it be more of a passive experience um, will give people a different relationship to digital art. And I think it will help them normalize it just like any other sort of like art form. Sure. And I guess we'll respond in very different ways if we're you know, in an environment. I mean, you mentioned Team Lab. I've been into sort of Team Lab exhibitions and it, it is quite extraordinary because it makes you feel um, different sensations, different ways of examining kind of like that, that creative, uh, that, that creative you know, force that you're encountering. Um, yep. Talking of which, I, I, I read a quote the other day from Noah Davis, the Christie's executive who organized the, the sale of your work every day. Uh, which I'm, I'm keen to get onto uh, soon, but he was recently quoted as saying, I look at life as pre-people and post-people, like the world thinks about before Christ and after. People is kind of um, my my Jesus. Um, aside from your status as a Messiah, do you think that, you know, what you're describing, these physical forms of digital arts, you know, the virtual and the 
physical. Do you think that fundamentally the, that the art world is being rewired in, in really interesting ways and value systems and, and norms are, are really shifting? Yeah, I think for a long while, the art world was, the traditional art world was very sort of set in its ways and, and not affected by, um, or not as affected by the pace of technology. Um, and I think that is going to change. I think now they're sort of woken up to the possibilities here and woken up to the opportunities as well to sell to an entirely new class of collector that mm -hmm. maybe the uh, you know traditional art didn't really appeal to and now they have something that's made in their um made with the tools that they use that we all use every day i mean who doesn't right. like sit at a fucking computer every day and like that's how they do their work that's like a lot of people <laughs> and so i think the idea that we're making you know that people would be making art like that in the future and and that would be uh, you know just another way of, of producing art to me seems like very obvious and something that obviously was just kind of a matter of time Right. And that's an interesting point you just made about kind of almost like the democratization of art, because if I'm right, you don't have kind of like life drawing skills or, you know, the traditional skills one would associate with an artist who's been classically trained. Like, do you, do you think that digital tools, software uh, are enabling people to really sort of think very differently about what, what being an artist is and making art actually is? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that, um, you know, especially because there's tools out there that are completely free. I mean, from there's, there's, you know, versions of Photoshop, GIMP and things like that, that are completely free. Blender is completely free, a 3D uh, animation tool. So I think the, the barrier to entry of this stuff is just rapidly, rapidly following. And there's also just literally hundreds of thousands of free tutorials out there. So not only is the software free, the training is free, and it's really just like the, the, the sort of means of distribution are free. I think you're going to see an absolute, um, you know, explosion of work, uh, you know, around this movement that is very, very exciting and very, very inspiring. I, I mean, I've honestly never felt as inspired as the last year with, with, um, all these new sort of ways to kind of make work and sort of uh, display work. And I think it's, it's, you're going to see just a absolute sort of renaissance from this space. Yeah. It's interesting. The displaying work's an interesting one because I've been watching some of the unboxing videos on YouTube of, of people who bought your physicals product. And it's obviously a very, very different way of, you know, obviously they want the collectible, they want to own a piece of, 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 of people, but it's also a very different experience because a lot of these people don't know whether to open it and how to interact with it. Is that something you think about when you put those packages together? Very much. And uh, the thing that we've been kind of challenged with lately is people like value these things so much that they don't unpackage it. And so it's kind of like, oh, I really kind of want you guys to take it out of the box and sort of experience it. Um, so we're going to be working on new ways moving forward here to incentivize people to take it out of the box. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, 
it's another way to experience digital art and enjoy it. And I, I think you're going to see more of that, especially as the cost of these things go down. I mean, screens are so cheap now. I mean, it, it's, it's insane what, what is possible. So I've got to ask you this question about human one, as I'm sure everyone wants to know, uh, were you paid in ether? Um, and if so, did you cash out? How, how does that all work? So this sale, I, I actually, again, because it was just last night, um, I don't know how they're paying to be quite honest. Um, and I think so every day you were, you, every day you were paid in ether, right? Every day's was Ether. Um, this, they were accepting Ether, Bitcoin, and obviously dollars. Um, so however they end up paying, that's how I'll get paid. So I, I honestly don't know what this. Yeah, it's interesting though, because I imagine that, you know, with those kinds of amounts, that actually could sort of like shift, uh, you know, the, the value of a, of a cryptocurrency. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about Every Days, which you started working on in 2007. It's, it's really it's no small feat to produce a, a piece of artwork every single day. Um, I guess the question is, you know, how do you decide what to do every day? And, and, and also, I'm intrigued to know, does the pressure of making something on a daily basis, just sometimes you get out of bed and you think, I'm really not into this. Or do every day, do you feel motivated? No, I do not. I am a very <laughs> normal human who oftentimes get out, gets out of bed and thinks, nope, that's no, 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 no art today. Fuck it. Um, it's definitely um, something that I think, you know, I think people are sort of used to the idea with artwork that you make it when you feel inspired. And I think that's one choice. Um, but I look at it a bit different and that this is sort of like working out. And it's sort of like, you know, if, if you are somebody who gets up and exercises, there's probably a good chance when you get out of bed, you're not like super excited to go run, you know, 10 miles. And so, but after you run that 10 miles, then you feel pretty good. And so right. that's how I look at this is something that it's sort of like, Am I super jacked to do it every day? Absolutely not. Many days, many, I would say most days, I'm not particularly inspired at, at the end of a long day to sit at my computer for another two hours. Um, but I think that's where the momentum of the project and the, the wanting to get better, um, you know, and, and that's why I started the project. I just, I wanted to get better at creating art. And that is the reason why I will do it today and tomorrow and the next day is I still feel like there's a massive, massive room for improvement in my um, technical skills, my sort of, you know, uh, ability to storytell. And so we're, we're going to stick with it for a sec here. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is I think for a lot of people, because they, you know, they're, they've been made aware of, you know, your work through every days and and obviously through Human One now, um, you know, you were a very, very successful digital artist for, for, for a long time. You had a, you know, a very, very uh, strong, strong career. Um, at what point did you start thinking about when you heard about NFTs that mm, maybe you're not just creating art any longer? You're, you're kind of almost developing a whole new asset class. Yeah, I think uh, I sort of it, it did take me a second for for the the sort of to get it with NFTs. Um, and so I learned of them about a year ago. And the way it happened is, uh, again, 
to your point of sort of, I was fairly popular before this and people kept coming up to me and, and saying, you got to check out this NFT thing. You got to check out this NFT thing. And when I did, I honestly immediately sort of like saw the potential that is like, okay, this is like huge. And this could be a, a, a way to, uh, you know, collect digital art that just was not possible before. And I also sort of recognized that this was not new in a way and that there were other mediums that we take for granted as being artistic mediums. And that wasn't the case. Um, even things like photography for the first 50 years of photography, that wasn't an art form. That's just photography. Like it was just like, you, you take a picture, what are you talking about art? And so this has happened over and over in history where a new medium medium comes up and at first people are like, ah, oh, uh, no, not art, not art. And then they chill out and they're like, oh yeah, okay, I guess that's art. And this happened with, with vinyl collectibles, with people like Cause. This happened with, you know, Banksy and sort of graffiti. All oh, that's vandalism. That's not art. And then they're like, oh, no, okay, yeah, I guess it's art. And I realized that with NFTs, this could be that moment. And it does seem like that turned out to be true. <laughs> uh, you made a piece of art named Crypto is Bullshit. Um, as you do, I, I was about to say, like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you think, you know what, I'm going to create something called crypto is bullshit. So, so how do you think about those valuations? Like it is when you think about every day is being purchased for 69 million, human one, 29 million, you know, how, how do you think about that? Is, is, is there real intrinsic value in that sense? Like the same as a physical object that has that kind of I know NFTs are clearly there's the rarity aspect that's that's um, you know clearly not in dispute but how do you think about that valuation and that's that's something that I think is um, very interesting to me because again it's not just rarity and because you could go to a, a you know a beach pick up a piece of sand and whoa this is the only one of this there you go. You got your one of one. That is a completely unique rock. Um, just because something is unique does not make it valuable. I think it has to have that emotional connection. And right. the reason Picasso's and Warhol's and Rembrandt's and all this shit, Monet, all these artists, their work has value is actually quite simple because it connects with people and it has made a, a, an emotional impression on those people and they want to have it that's it and so if you can do that with a painting a sculpture a song an nft it will have value that that it's as simple as that if you do not make any connection with anybody it will not have value period well mike i want to get some audience questions in from people who are joining us today so i'm going to pick a couple out and uh we're getting questions from all over we got barcelona dallas um, I'm going to pick one, actually, I'm, I'm here in London, so I'm going to pick one from London, from Kieran. Um, and the question is, alongside the artist subscription model found in Human One, which you described, and as an artist that's obviously still alive, um, do you think the value of your work is likely to fluctuate, unlike, you know, artworks that have, you know, been, uh, sorry, previous, that have previously been uh, uh, created? So as a, as a living artist, sorry, that, I didn't express that very well. As a living artist, 
working in the digital space, do you think there'll be more fluctuation um, in, in the price of your works? Absolutely. I think it's, I think this will be very analogous to the rest of the art market in which you see seasons where, you know, everything's on fire and you see seasons where things cool off a little bit. Um, but if you look at the trajectory of art over the last, you know, 20, 25 years, it's definitely, you know, proven to be at the very high end, a, um, you know, good investment along the way with just like with anything stocks, uh, you know, crypto in general, you're going to see things go up and down. And do you, how do you think about other forms of art? A question from Andre from Russia. It's obviously art's not just visual. Do you think that we might start seeing uh, you know, NFTs in you know, area, other areas of art? So, you know, literature, uh, those kinds of uh, other forms of art, music. I think you're going to see NFTs in much broader than that. I personally think NFTs are going to be like email, where it's sort of like in the future, you don't really like choose whether you want them. If you want to be a functioning member of society, uh, you know, on a professional level or whatever, you have to have an email address and you just have email and people email you and that's, that's just part of life. And I think NFTs will be similar to that. I think art is just one use case for them. And I think it um, is sort of the lowest hanging fruit in some ways. But I think as people continue to build infrastructure to make NFTs more useful, I believe you will see them in a wide, wide variety of, of use cases. Because again, I come back to this moment being very similar to the beginning of the internet. And an NFT is really, at its core, just proving ownership. And it's sort of proving ownership of a virtual thing in a way that um, you can prove you are the only person that has it. And I think you are going to see that concept applied to many, many different things outside the world of art as well. So a question from uh, Mina from, uh, or Mina from Zurich. Uh, and the question is, uh, do you create and actualize your work on an instantaneous basis? I, I think the question that the, the question is, um, when you work, do you complete that work every day? And then you, uh, you, 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 you know, that's it for the day? Or do you sometimes work on something, actually think that's not quite right, I'll store that and I'll create something else. So it's literally yeah. what we're seeing with every day's that day's work. Every yes, what you were seeing was start to finish that day, usually like right before I post it, it's usually like and done and post and like that's it. And so it's never like, okay, I'm gonna start this and like, okay, let's pick up an idea from three weeks ago and like noodle on it, this or that. I have other projects obviously that I'm doing outside of the everydays, like human one and and uh, you know, a bunch of other things, but the everydays are done start to finish that day. And a final audience question, James from Sweden um, wants to know when Human 2 is coming. <laughs> um, it might be a sack. I've got to, we've got to make sure Human 1 has a good sort of birth here um, into the metaverse. And so there will be a Human 2 for sure, um, but it might be a sack. And a final question from me, Mike. So if you do another 5,000 days, that's 13 years. I'm intrigued to know how you think. another 5,000 days. Say again? If, if you, so if you, you, if said, you, if you do another every day, is that 5,000 days? That's 13 years, right? 
how do you think yep. that your art digital art is going to you know evolve during that time honestly i have no idea to be quite honest it's it's and that's to me very exciting because i'm it has continued to evolve if you look at the the everydays over the 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 first 13 14 years whatever um it's it changed a lot it's it went through many different very distinct phases where it looks nothing like you know two years later or three years later or whatever and that will absolutely continue to to happen right now it's in a kind of weird gross political whatever commentary like phase i honestly doubt that's what it will be in in you know another 10 years i i get bored quickly and it's sort of like okay on to the next day. and and especially because i'm doing it every day it feels like it's like uh this again like uh, you know i get tired of my own ideas that it's like i gotta do something different this feels like i'm just doing the same damn thing every day and so that kind of like helps it evolve quickly too well mike it's been as ever, fascinating uh, hearing from you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here at Rewired. Uh, we're looking thank very much forward to seeing Human One's Human One growing up and uh, you know becoming a toddler and an adolescent and moving forward. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, and my sincere thanks to all of you uh, out there for tuning in and supporting Rewired. We hope you'll check out some of our other sessions later today. You can see the full lineup at re.wired.com. From all of us at Wired, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you have a great day. And thank you, Mike, again. Thank you. Thank you.